This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is Thursday, August 20th. 2020 we are recording this immediately after the Magic's loss in game two to the Milwaukee Bucks 116 to 96 as always I am here with my co-host he's not in a good mood but his name is Luke Sylvia Luke Sylvia what's going on well first it was 111 don't cheat us those five points you said 116 excuse me I'm sorry I saw the 96 look my head's spinning I'm a little angry you know my math isn't always great to begin with you throw emotions Mm. in there and, and you get 116 yeah, I uh I don't know, man. That that game was even though the 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 Bucks really held it the entire game thanks to 11% shooting on three total shots made in the first quarter, um which is hilarious that I'm even saying that. Um even though they held the lead, there was a couple kind of just things of false hope that, that they gave us throughout this game and um you know, starting out, like I said, shooting 11% in the first quarter and only three shots made is inexcusable and really set the tone for the whole game and really already put yourself in a hole where, you know, the second half wasn't nearly as bad as the first half, um, obviously. But, man, you don't help yourself by doing that. Yeah, um, I mean, we were kind of nervous going into this game because it was just like, okay, so we won game one. What are the Bucks going to look like, you know, when, when they come out? And the first few minutes, even though we're not really hitting any shots, I'm still like, okay, like, what, are the Bucks going to turn it on? Because last year, game two against Toronto, like, we saw Toronto, like, turn it on and basically just... We saw Kawhi turn it yeah, on. Yeah, and they and just destroyed the league for the next, you know, month and a half on their way uh, to an NBA, you know, championship. But I didn't get that sense out of the Bucks in the first quarter. And even though, you know, after the first quarter, you're down 12, it was like, okay, it really feels like we should be down 20, 22 here. So, like, that hope was kind of still there. Uh, and then, you know, the Magic go on to lose the second quarter to the Bucks, uh, you know, 30 to 39. Uh, and then, you know, at, at halftime, you're looking at a pretty sizable def- deficit. So, uh, but, yeah, much better second half, obviously. Um, you know, actually outplayed the Bucks in the second half, outscoring them by four points. Uh, but it, it just wasn't enough. I mean, Vucevic had it going all night. I mean, let, let's let's spend a, a moment here to really appreciate Nikola Vucevic, right? All the crap yeah. that we gave him last season, he got the $100 million contract. People have been crapping on him literally all year uh, for not mm. playing up to the same level. Um, and everyone's like, oh, when we get to the playoffs, he's going to be trash anyways. And the guy's just been completely killing it, doing everything that he can. But we, we literally need anybody to step up tonight and it just doesn't happen yeah but it is encouraging with Vucevic it seems like he's found his stride um he's not intimidated by this Bucks team at all um there was one point uh late in the game where Vucevic had a, a putback dunk that just looked like I've never seen a side of Vucevic like that before. Give me um, uh, a little uh reminiscent of him dunking on Pau Gasol when Pau was playing for the Bulls a few years ago Right. And and so to see him do that in the postseason, really encouraging. The thing that impresses me the most is Vucevic in game one. The, the story really was his outside shooting. He's typically a 33-34% shooter from beyond the arc. Um, tonight, or the other night, he shoots five for eight from three. 
So the story there, Vucevic shooting lights out, really doing everything as well. Um, tonight, though he goes, I think it was two for eight from three, um, he still has a great night from the field. Um, looking at the numbers here, 13 of 23 tonight, um, two for eight from the field, but 32 and 10. Um, again, outscores Giannis. Um, now, obviously, a big part playing into that is that Giannis had some help tonight. He didn't have to do it all. Um, he had a guy in the 20s. He had Connaughton hitting five of eight from three. So there's kind of the discrepancy between the two and their contributions to the team. And Vucevic, you really need everything from him. We were talking about it, or I saw people talking about it before the game, and they said Vucevic has got to have this level of production in game two that he did in game one uh, in order for the Magic to even have a chance. And it's absurd to me that Vucevic has just as good of a game, maybe not as good beyond the arc, but he worked them from every other facet of the game tonight, and you still lose by 15 points. Um, so it, it just kind of shows the contribution uh, or the lack thereof of contribution from the bench and the role players. I mean, if you look at this box score, Jonathan, one for five from Gary Clark, three for nine from James Ennis, uh, Fultz four for 11, not great. Uh, Fournier four of 13. That's a whole other story. One for six from beyond the arc. That really killed us as well. It won do 0 for six from the field. Augustine 0 for five from the field. All 10 of his points coming from free throws. And Ross gave us some sparks here and there, but four of 14 from the field, two of seven from three. So the, the, the story of today is no, no, help for Vucevic at all I mean none at all it, the, the entire game um, you had those runs that were made but man it really uh, still tilted the scale in, in the way of, of, of negativity with with what they did throughout the rest of the game before that well something else that's, that's really concerning you know what I mean when you look across you know the box score looking at the Bucks here you know for the second straight game Chris Middleton really not playing well two points five rebounds six assists but one of eight from the floor zero of four from the three-point line so you're able to hold Giannis to you know I mean yeah 28 points 20 rebounds uh, but Chris Middleton you know their second all-star he's not playing well the Magic have to capitalize we talked mm -hmm. the other night about how the the margin for error for this team playing against the elite teams is basically non-existent and you have an opportunity where a guy like Chris Middleton uh, is not playing his best basketball right now. Uh, really, if the Magic have a, a decent or average offensive night, they have a chance to win this game going down the stretch. So just really disappointing to see a guy like Vucevic play so well. Uh, really to see them do a relatively good job on Giannis. I mean, 28 mm. points is what it is. Uh, but this is a guy who averages over 60% from the field, shot 10 of 23, so under 50% for the game. Um, and and just, just games like this, you've got to be able to take advantage. Sure, they had guys like uh, DiVincenzo hitting big shots and, and Connaughton hitting big shots. And, of course, Brooke Lopez, he kind of broke out of uh, you know the, the shooting issues that he had in the first game. But, man, uh, against a, a team of, of this caliber, uh, when their, their second All-Star doesn't have a good game for the, the second straight game, it's just that's really, I think, where my biggest point of frustration comes is that the Bucks really did not play well. The Magic are going to have to play extremely well to have any chance in each of these games. But especially when the Bucks do not play well, the Magic have to – you've got to capitalize. If you want a chance to make this a competitive series, forget even winning the series. If you want this series to go, you know, six or seven games, I mean, like, good grief. Like, 
If if the Bucks are not on their A game, the Magic need to be. There's no way around it. You can't make any excuses. These guys have to play well. And at this point, I mean, we've been talking about this storyline for it feels like two, three years now, especially with Evan Fournier. But if this is the kind of series that Evan Fournier is going to have, I mean, you, you can't I, you, you can't get the guy off the team soon enough. Looking at DJ Augustine, another guy. I, it's ten of ten from the free throw line. Congratulations, all of those foul you know uh, foul line uh, visits coming off of him just over dribbling and then low shot clock opportunities. He's just driving into the lane and flailing, and because he's a smaller guy, you know he's getting the calls. How many times do we have to see this guy? dribble the basketball for 10, 12 seconds, make one pass just to basically demand it right back, take another four or five dribbles, and then hand it off to somebody who's got a, you know, three or four seconds to try to get a good shot up. I, I'm just, uh, I know you feel the same way, but mm-hmm. just, man. The, uh, yeah, and that, that that pretty much sums up my DJ Augustine take. It's about the same as everybody else's. Um, and, and what you say the most is the phrase that I'll take, which is he dribbles the air out of the ball. Uh, and then forces up a shot or passes it to someone else just in time for them to throw up a shot and have to miss. Um, so really unfortunate uh, to see kind of the lack of accountability that, that DJ gets from Cliff um, to do that type of stuff. Uh, obviously, he's getting better in treatment there. Kind of just do whatever you want um, and, and hope for the best. Um, and when it comes to Evan Fournier, man, I, I could probably talk about this for five hours. Um, Evan Fournier... There was one sequence that I that I tweeted out about, and uh, Evan misses an open three. On the other end, it's a kind of a short re- uh, like it's probably a medium range rebound. It bounces right in front of Evan, and the first bounce he's not on it. Uh, Bucks player is on it, but kind of fumbles the ball again, and then finally Evan Evan dives, and by that point it's too late, um, and and they already have the ball and get a second chance point. I believe they scored on that possession, so it's just. Stuff like that, man, where if it'd be one thing if Evan was just missing open shots over and over, um, and and then you could just say, oh, man, feel kind of bad for him. He's Which in he is. Slump. Right, but that's not the only thing. The His effort is not there. He, he misses a shot, he puts his head down. He misses a shot, he lacks effort on the other end. He misses a shot, the list goes on and on, and it all starts with he misses a shot. Uh, there's really no other thing to say, but Evan just needs a better attitude. Yeah. Evan needs an attitude like James Ennis. Evan needs an attitude like Markel Fultz. Heck, even Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic tonight down, you know, your team's down 10, and he's still trying to yam it on dudes on a putback. Like, doing everything that you can. I promise you, if Evan Fournier was freaking seven feet tall, we would not see him doing that at all late in the game down 10, even if he could. I think really what it what it comes down to it and – and really, um, especially in you know the second quarter, uh, it just felt like they were letting the offense dictate their effort defensively, which a team of our level of talent, newsflash, is not great. Uh, you can't allow that to happen. Even if the shots are not falling, like you need to pick it up even more on the defensive side of things to stay in a game against a team like the Bucks. Uh, but Evan, at this point, it just seems like he's lost all confidence in his shooting in this series. Uh, through the the first two games, just I I don't have it in front of me, but I can tell you, just shooting an abominable percentage from three, um, one of six tonight. I mean, Luke, might you might be able to pick it up, up and up, and, and tell me what it was. The, uh, the uh, obviously that fourth quarter the other night probably yeah. brought it up a little bit, but 
It's not great. Three three for seven, so four for fifteen, I believe, is the number. If my math is right, four for fifteen. So just over just over twenty five percent. That's nowhere near. Obviously, I mean, this year the guy was shooting pretty close to forty percent. Um, yeah. So definitely struggling throughout the first two games. Plenty of time to turn it around in this series. Uh, but man, it, it's just frustrating because a team like Milwaukee, you know, uh, who had the best record in the league this year, one of the you know the best defensive team in the best defensive team in the league, one of the best offensive teams in the league. If they turn it on, right, and Chris Middleton starts knocking down shots, if uh, Wes Matthews starts knocking down shots, like this is going to get ugly really, really quickly. Oh, good, good night. Yeah. Luckily, the Magic, you know, were able really to stick their foot in the ground. I mean, really, Vooch was able to stick his foot in the ground, especially in the you know the, the second half there, um, yeah. and get things going in that third quarter. Uh, I think he had like the the first like eight or ten points for the Magic, uh, really able to help us close that gap a little bit. But outside of that little outburst, I mean, instead of losing by fifteen, we're looking at losing by you know twenty twenty five points tonight. So. I mean, it doesn't really feel like it's a lack of effort. I mean, you've got, like you mentioned, you still got guys like James Ennis who are all over the place. Markel Fultz, who's still, you know, trying to do their best. Uh, you know, Ken Birch, Wessel Wundu, guys that are still playing with good effort, uh, even though they might not be the most talented guys. Uh, but really, you know, Evan Fournier, you know, the just what seemed to be lack of confidence at times, lack of effort tonight. And then really just the, the things that Clifford lets DJ Augustine get away with, it just seems like, not to, to sound like a broken record, but pounds the air out of the ball and just kills whatever flow we have offensively in that second unit. Just stands on one side of the floor, tries to beat his guy off of the dribble, drives into guys like Giannis and, and Brooke Lopez, only either to get fouled like tonight because, again, he's a smaller guy, he gets the benefit of the doubt, or just getting you know completely swatted or misses a layup or whatever the case may be. Uh, he's another guy. you know, Zero of one for, from the three-point line tonight. Shot five field goals. So those five field goals yeah. all came in, you know, uh, the painted area, trying to get to the rim. Like, DJ, if you're in the game, you need to be worried about facilitating the offense, right, mm-hmm. in an efficient manner, not just sitting dribbling the ball, trying to beat your guy off of the dribble, hoping that somebody else will come and get the ball from you. Uh, but run, pick, and roll, or you need to be sitting in the corner trying to get some open threes and knock them down when you have the ability to. Last year, I think DJ shot like 45%, in between 45 and 50% on spot-up three-pointers. can tell you it's nowhere near that this year, and we're going to need that from him, especially in this series if we're going to have a chance. But second straight game, the Bucks really didn't play all that well. The Magic, if they mm-hmm. can continue to muck it up and ugly up these games, they're going to have a chance, especially if they're able to get off to a better start. Yeah, and I was listening to the ESPN broadcast tonight, and Doris Burke, um, it, you know, said something that's, I mean, fairly obvious, but but still useful to information. Um, and this ties in with DJ Augustine. Um, she said she didn't have an exact number, I don't believe, but she said the the highest volume of shots that are made happen in the first eight seconds of the shot clock. Well, I have news for you. DJ Augustine is still dribbling the ball eight seconds into the shot clock. So you're, the, the lower the shot clock goes, it's a simple math, guys, so stay with me. The lower the shot clock gets to zero, the worse chance you have that that ball is going to go through the hoop. And, and that's, it's ju- that's just how it goes. You, you have, you know, I saw you tweet something tonight, Jonathan, that the replies kind of made me a little irritated. And that was you said uh, something to the extent of, 
really wish MCW was out there or can't, can't wait. wait for him to get back. Uh, someone said, yeah, because that'll help us improve our shots. Well, maybe not directly, but indirectly, MCW might come up the court and pass the ball off to the wing and get that started, get the motion started. DJ goes up the court, waits for a screen that, by the way, sometimes doesn't even use. Um, he's a great point guard off the pick and roll, but sometimes he doesn't use that pick at all, um, and it's not because he's going the opposite direction. He literally just backs up and does whatever he wants. So uh, with MCW in, he's at least going to make that first pass to the wing, get the play of the motion started, or throw it into the post of Vooch, uh, something that I, I just feel like DJ wants to either play off the pick and roll or play hero ball and or just kind of pass it off to somebody else to lower their shot percentage for the game when it should have been him taking the shot at that point because that was his responsibility for the reason that they had that shot. So, I mean, there's just a lot that you can say about DJ Augustine um, in this series, specifically tonight as well, where we didn't get help from other um, players on the roster either. Um, you know, his play last game was able to kind of blend in um, solely because, well, he ended up getting, uh, I believe, a double-double, um, but still shot poorly from the field. Um, and, and we had other guys like Gary Clark and and, the, and James Ennis and stuff step up in a more uh, efficient way than they did tonight. And so DJ was able to blend it a little better. But, man, it was on – he was front and center tonight. Well, when I made that comment about Michael Carter-Williams, it's not even necessarily all about the offense – um, because right. we, as much as we've seen, you know, Cliff will still trot out lineups with Michael Carter Williams and DJ Augustine, and just kind of, uh, you know, send Michael Carter Williams into the corner for whatever reason. I really don't want to get into yeah. that. Uh, but the other thing is, like, Michael Carter Williams just brings an edge. He brings a level of intensity, mm -hmm. especially defensively, uh, that we could yeah. really use right now. You know, especially against guys like George Hill and, and Eric Bledsoe. Uh, I mean, defensively especially with a, a team as big as Milwaukee, there's there's times out there where it's just like DJ's just useless. Like I, I hate to put it yeah. that way, but um, he just cannot guard, especially you know longer guards like George Hill or a strong guy like Eric Bledsoe. It's just not going to go well. And then you know if they get him into any kind of pick and roll and try to get a switch on DJ, it's <laughs> barbecue chicken, as Shaq would say. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, ah, uh, man, I mean – Frustrating loss. Um, we're venting here. I, I feel like I've got a lot of my emotions out. It just really sucks because if Milwaukee just decides to turn it on and just starts, you know, shooting like 35, 40% from the three-point line each of these games, it, it's it's going to get really ugly really, really quickly for the Magic. Well, I mean, especially if you have numbers like 21% from three and 34% from the field, almost 35, which... By the way, there was a while there I was looking up, uh, you know, lowest field goal percentage in NBA history. Um, and I think Zach Oliver uh, tweeted that out about that. I think it was like 20 some percent in 1954 was the lowest percentage. Uh, I was hoping we weren't getting to that point, but I was really eyeballing that after making three shots in the first quarter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, really disappointing to see. Um, but also, I mean, the, to be honest, there is a silver lining, and that silver lining is um, hopefully, you know, there's a whole other story, but hopefully AG is back next game and able to give us some higher level volume production. I don't know if it just seems like MCW is behind him uh, and getting back on the court. So maybe we get MCW by game four. Hopefully we can make something magical happen in game three um, with uh, hopefully AG back in the lineup. There's a lot of hopefullys, Jonathan. Well, the thing <laughs> about this bubble is like, 
it just feels like, okay, we lost, like, on to the next game. It doesn't really feel like Milwaukee has momentum, right? Mm -hmm. Like, had it just been a completely dominant performance, that maybe would have been one thing. But the fact where it's like we're looking at around and we're like, guys, like, if we would have played better in this game, like, I easily could have seen a map to us being able to ugly it up. Like, this one would have been much closer than game one had we been able to, you know, eke out that win. But, like, I can definitely see a path, especially in that first half. Like, you don't go down 12 after the first quarter. Like, we're right mm-hmm. there. Like, you know, I mean, right. Cliff has talked you about it. a decent it. amount, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was hoping the last, you know, seven, you know, five minutes we're trying to get that the lead under 10. We eventually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Giannis just makes a, a few really great plays. He's Giannis. He's going to do that. Um, yeah. Can we talk about Giannis's brother? Like, just going crazy <laughs> at all times on the sideline. Like, bro, sit down. Like, you're you're a, like a glorified G-leaguer. Just just sit down. He he just annoys me. He's just going crazy 24-7. But that's what happens in a playoff series. You see these guys so much eventually, you start to get sick of them. Like, Giannis, I, I am a huge Giannis fan. Guess what? Last two games, annoying the crap out of me. I can't stand him. It's like every yeah. time he complains to the ref Dunk over after Gary completely Clark and fist pumps. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anybody else on the Magic that would have been a tech, but we're not here to talk about that. Yeah. You know him. You know talking crap to the refs, doing all this stuff. Anybody on the Magic that's, that's a tech, but that's neither here treatment. nor there. Yeah. Exactly. But the fact that we're in the bubble, it doesn't feel like the 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 Bucks have a ton of momentum. Um, I do still like the Magic's chances in game three, but it, it's just going to be so key. The Magic can get good starts in the first and second halves, that first and third quarter. I feel like if we can win those consistently, the Magic are going to have a really good chance to win these games. Well, I think the the most important part, which is kind of what the Magic have struggled with, is when your offense is clicking, your defense needs to be clicking as well. Your defense needs to create offense. You And it just never seemed like they were on the same same wavelength, man. And It's been that there way was for 10 months, Luke. Exactly. And the, the issue, especially, or the frustrating part of it all, is you know, you're seeing the Magic get stops. You get two or three stops in a row, but then you have two or three empty possessions on the other end. And that is the most frustrating part as a fan is just seeing your team lock up on defense, get those stops you need when you are down 15 to 20 points, and then you don't convert on the offensive end. And, you know, it's just some some bad decision-making on the Magic's part, just missing open shots. Um, it, there was a, a few different times tonight where, where you know, we missed more than a few, actually. Um, many times tonight where those open shots weren't going in. Um, some of them just complete, just missing badly. Um, so there was a lot that you want to forget for this game, but uh, like I said, silver lining is Magic played terrible and still only lost by 15. Like you said, the Bucks don't seem to have a ton of momentum right now. Um, their their momentum maker is Giannis uh, and Pat Connaughton knocking down those threes, um, and then you know some of the other help that that they got tonight. But for the most part, man, really not too deflated after that loss, just because of why it happened, and how it happened. Uh, game three could be a lot better. Uh, I just hope that we keep it respectable. Give us a chance, man. And going into the third quarter, give yourselves a chance. Be down by single digits at the most. 
uh, and then get that, that run going in the fourth because the team does have a lot of fight when it comes to the fourth quarter. For whatever reason, that's where Evan Fournier has decided he's going to start scoring points uh, in the last five, six, five minutes of the game. He's done that two games in a row now um, where he just kind of has some, some key buckets down the stretch to make his box score look a little prettier. So um, if we can just get him on track, man, in the, in the first three quarters, preferably in the first quarter, would be great. Um, you know, you give yourself a fighting chance. You, you're not give, you're not helping yourself. You're not doing yourself any favors if you're Evan Fournier, um, just missing so many shots, kind of being slow and aloof on on the defensive end. Um, you know, it, it it is what it is. His defensive assignment in the fourth quarter was Giannis in the last five minutes, and good lord, that was hard to watch. Um, but you know it it's Giannis, man. He's going to do what he wants to do. You got to shut down everybody else. And that's kind of what you touched on before the series started was just contain everybody else. Um, let the average three point shooters shoot, hope they miss and live with it. I mean, I love my favorite possessions, especially are when Giannis just settles for a three Vucevic left him wide open tonight. It was so disrespectful and Giannis misses the three completely. Uh, and they noted it on the broadcast. I mean, Vucevic is going to let him shoot that all day. So, that's what you got to do. Just live with it if they make it. But, man, you have to control what you can control. Yeah, Giannis pulls up for a three, and I'm like, okay, this defensive possession yeah. was a success, right? Yeah, it goes in. I Whatever. Yeah, it, it, yeah. if it goes in, more power to you. I mean, uh, just really, really deflating, um, you know, loss compared to, to game one, you know. I mean, I feel like we do have the ability to bounce back. But just kind of looking at some more of these stats, you know, the Magic win the the turnover battle, eleven to Milwaukee's twenty. Uh, you know, yeah. Shoot, you know, the defense is there, man. The defense is there. Yeah, uh, shoot twenty-seven to thirty-one from the free throw line. You know, compared to Milwaukee's twelve of sixteen. So, if you would have told me we would shoot fifteen more free throws and have nine less turnovers, I would have thought we would have had a really good chance to win this game. Obviously, you lose the the rebounding battle. A lot of that is because of all the shots that the Magic were missing. Definitely, you know, yeah. l- less assists than the Bucks again because the Magic just could not knock down shots. So that's that's really what it comes down to, you know. And Luke, you and I talked briefly, you know, before the podcast off air, is that you know after Game Two last year against Toronto, when the Magic couldn't buy a bucket, it really felt like because like Toronto just locked us down, just like locked in yeah. and just the magic couldn't do anything. It didn't feel like that tonight. There no, were, it, you know, there yeah. were stretches where the Bucks looked really good defensively, but it was just a lot of making poor decisions with the basketball, taking bad shots, and then even when we had open shots, couldn't knock them down. Yeah. Um that was definitely a big part of tonight. Um last year to compare um I believe the yeah the final score last year in game two was one eleven eighty two Raptors so they scored the same amount of points the Bucks did but it was a completely different story um, you as a team the Magic shot better than they did tonight but not by much thirty seven percent and twenty six percent from the three point line um, but it was for a whole different reason like you said the the Raptors were just locking up uh, the whole game. Kawhi Leonard was playing out of his mind on both sides of the ball, scoring 37 points, uh, and then just defending at a super high level. Um, so that was the story that night. And tonight, it's just you could probably look if you didn't watch the game, you looked at the box scores between last year's game two and this year's game two. Um, you would probably say, oh, so it was similar to the to the Raptors. The Bucks locked up and um, caused you know wreaked havoc on the offense of the Orlando Magic, but. 
Um, not the case at all tonight. Well, the I other thing that, uh, that we haven't seen yet, Luke, uh, don't forget, is Ursan Ilyasova, right? Yeah. Who's missed the, the first two games for the Bucks uh, back in December, had 17 points on five of six shooting from the three-point line with 17 rebounds, or excuse me, 14 rebounds in that game. So Ursan is playing back, that game. Do you know? Uh, let me take a quick look. But Ursan comes back and starts shooting like that. It's going to be a real problem. No, Giannis did not play in that game. So there, I was wondering where those boards came from. That's my answer. So, um, But, yeah. No, I mean, at the end of the day, Urson doesn't really change the makeup of this team. No, I'm, I'm, come on. I did not mean to make this into a, well, a segment no, about Urson. No, I know. I'm, I'm clear. Come on I, now. Listen, no. So clearing it up here. Uh, he's another shooter um, that – you know, essentially is what the Bucks are, right? I mean, they're they're one superstar who can't shoot, surrounded by a bunch of role players who can shoot. Um, and even then, not at a great level. Uh, statistically this year, they only have a few guys that shoot over the league average of like 33%, um, or 35%, sorry. So, you know, it, Ursan will maybe come in, and then, you know, you just got to hope he's not hitting shots, get out on him, close out. Um kind of just the same way you handle him the same way as everybody else he's a little bigger but he won't be in the paint as much as long as Giannis is playing and obviously the Lopez brothers um by the way I mean Robin Lopez just got bullied by Nikola Dude, Vucevic. was taking it to him every which way tonight it didn't matter how far he was from the basket back to the basket hit you with a spin move off the pivot good night or just hit him with the, the jab step and night. crossover and was at the at the and rim that or just a stare down jumper. I mean, Vucevic when he's on, he is really fun, especially for a big man. Usually, big men if they're scoring, you know, thirty, forty points, it's because they're just dominating inside. Uh, Vucevic is not that guy. Vucevic is going to be able to knock down the mid range shots, uh, the occasional three pointer, uh, unless it's game one. Then he's Steph Curry, and then uh, able to get his buckets in the post as well. And he just kind of adjusts it based on who the defender is. If you're going to give him space, uh, and you're not even going to put your hands up, hand down, man down, he's hitting that mid range shot. So it, you know, it, it has been honestly just a breath of fresh air to have Vucevic on the court. I can't imagine what this series is. If Vucevic is only scoring his averages for the year, it would be all bad, Luke, all bad. I'm very, I'm, I'm very, um, I don't know what the word is here. Um, I'm optimistic that he continues to do so, um, but I I am still scared that he is going to dip back down to normalcy, um, and the Bucks are going to figure him out. But I hope at that point, then it just opens up for um, the Magic players that have been in a shooting slump to really open up from three and hit those shots. Clifford said it. He said to beat the Bucks, you've got to hit your three point shots, and that is something the Magic definitely did not do tonight. Um, so hopefully going into game three, uh, who knows, maybe the Bucks lock in a little bit more on Vucevic and leave him double team him in the post and leave guys open from the three point line. Um, but regardless, I'm really interested to see, uh, you know, what happens on Saturday. And as a magic fan, it'd be pretty easy to be super down right now because of the shooting performance of the magic. Uh, but you think about what you thought about this series, uh, before game one, and this is a really good spot. You would have paid good money to be one one with the Bucks. Oh yeah, um, and you know it, it would mean a lot to be able to either get a win or keep it respectable. Uh, people who are casual NBA fans, you know, if you talk about the Magic around them and you say, "Man, I think we have a shot, uh, a fighting chance to win on game in Game Three," they'll laugh at you. But 
guess what? They probably don't keep up with the Magic Buck series at all, besides the box score. Um, and, you know, it, hit your open shots. This game's totally different tonight. Hit your open shots on Saturday, and who knows, you might be getting out of there 2-1 in the series. Yeah, I feel like anybody that's paid any attention to the first two games would realize that, you know, the Magic are, you know, on offensive night away from being up 2-0, 2 to nothing in this series. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, better showing on Saturday. Uh, that game, I think, is starting at 1 o'clock, so early tip-off. So, going to be a lot of fun um yeah hopefully we're able to talk um you know saturday after the the game and and be up two to one that would be that would be huge even if you don't end up winning the series but being able to take two games um you know from the number one seed would would be really great a little bit of quick nba news uh it looks like the timberwolves have secured the number one pick in the draft uh the warriors have the second pick the hornets have the third pick and the bulls have the fourth pick so uh, admittedly, haven't really been paying a lot of attention to college prospects this year. Uh, Hard to do when it doesn't affect your team. You know, you're in the playoffs. Pretty you know much. What I'm pretty much. You know what I'm saying all we care about is Chuma Okiki. Chuma so. Okiki, baby. Well, who knows what the Magic are going to do with that pick? Um, really hoping that uh, you know Weltman has a uh, draft night trade up his sleeve to you know give us a little bit of. Uh, cap space and to you know really get the the younger guys some more opportunities looking at you evan fournier but we'll see what happens mm-hmm. so hey it is what it is he's got a player option going to be expiring next year one way or the other if you're not going to re-sign him you got to get something for him so that that boy is opting in so fast and as he should with what he's shown us production wise he's going to opt in so fast and I hope we move him so fast. Well, it looks like they're they're talking about, you know, originally they had mentioned that the NBA season might start like the end of November, beginning of December. And now Adam Silver is saying that that feels a little bit early. We might looking yeah, might be looking that. at like a January or February start. They might be moving back the draft and free agency and everything like that. So uh, we'll have to keep our eyes on the lookout for that. But uh, Luke, I feel like that's just about going to do that for us for tonight. Yep, I think we're all good here. Looking forward to Saturday. Uh, looking forward to interacting with everybody, you know, via Twitter, Facebook, whatever it may be. Uh, and thank you to our live viewers that tuned in tonight. We had our uh, our our reporter Cedric Brown telling us kind of what was happening in the, in the uh, lottery tonight. So appreciate you, Cedric. Keep it going. Keep it going. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Six Man Show, your playoff home for the Orlando Magic. And we will catch you guys next time. See you. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!